Welcome to Emory Healthcare Rounds. I'm Melanie Cole. Today's topic is treatment options for older patients with acute myeloid leukemia, and my guest is Dr. Martha Arijano. She's an associate professor in the Department of Hematology and Medical Oncology at Emory University School of Medicine, and she specializes in the treatment of leukemia. Dr. Arijano, explain a little bit about acute myeloid leukemia and when does it typically present? Yes, uh, so acute myeloid leukemia is um, a pretty rare disorder. Um, it presents, it affects patients um, older than 65 years old, and uh, it's um, pretty difficult to treat in that population, which is uh, why I became interested in it. So what is the clinical presentation? Patients can present, uh, the clinical presentation varies uh, from uh, someone presenting um, in an indolent fashion, uh, just with mild symptoms such as fatigue or um, peripheral blood um, abnormalities, or they can present extremely ill uh, with infections, uh, organ dysfunction, hypoxia, uh, or with um, bleeding or thrombosis related to disseminated intravascular coagulation. So how is it diagnosed and what are the diagnostic criteria and tools that you might use? AML is diagnosed um, generally uh, with a bone marrow biopsy and aspiration. Um, We uh, send the bone marrow sample for um, assessment of morphology, uh, full cytometric analysis, uh, chromosome analysis, uh, we have uh, a panel, um, a, an AML fish panel, which uh, is pretty similar across cancer centers. Uh, and we also have some new tools that include uh, next generation sequencing for myeloid malignancies, which can give us information about um, specific molecular abnormalities that can help uh, with both the prognosis of AML and also for uh, the potential to use targeted treatments, um, both uh, in induction, uh, consolidation, and maintenance phases of the treatment. So, and we're going to get into some of those, but tell us some of the challenges and uncertainties when treating older patients with AML. So, um, treating older patients with AML is challenging. There are, I I think of it as two things that um, sort of, of... fight to make this a, a difficult situation uh, for the patient and the treating physician. And so one is patient-related factors um, that include comorbidities. Uh, as we know, AML is a disease of the older patient with the median age being around 69 years of age. And we know that uh, as we get older, we accumulate more and more comorbidities. And some of those are severe enough that um, they... Um, uh, create a situation where the patient will not tolerate uh, what we consider standard induction kind of chemo treatments. In addition to patient-related factors that uh, cause uh, difficulty in us being able to deliver uh, what we consider standard treatment, there are also disease-related factors um, that are more common in the older patient with AML. Those include uh, poor risk cytogenetics or molecular markers. It also includes um, 
more therapy-related types of AML, uh, which um, can make AML in the older patient uh, more resistant to regular chemotherapy. And so those are some of the challenges that we have to um, navigate in the treatment of older AML. When you're determining treatment course, and as you mentioned, comorbidities, speak about how you evaluate some of the baseline measurements of physical performance or cognitive abilities, depression, you know, self-reported function score, things that older patients have going on anyway, and how that would affect your treatment decisions. Yes. Um, so there, there are several uh, tools um, out there um, that will use... Um, a combination of performance status of the patient and comorbidities um, of the patient. Putting these factors uh, together uh, can help us to determine which patient is uh, likely to benefit or to tolerate um, intensive treatments and which patients um, should be offered lower intensity uh, types of treatments. So then speak of some of the advancements and innovations in treatment. Tell us about your research and what are your research goals and some ongoing current clinical trials. So part of what I do in my clinical practice is determining which patients should or should not receive intensive treatment, intensive treatment and determining which patients um, will not benefit from intensive treatment and should be offered less intensive uh, regimens. Uh, we have um, a cadre of clinical trials uh, for both types of patients. Uh, one of the um, exciting studies that we have here at Emory is a clinical trial uh, that's sponsored by the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. It's called BEAT-AML. Um, this is a clinical trial for newly diagnosed patients with AML age 60 and older. Um, the trial involves um, obtaining um, bone marrow, um, aspirate, and biopsy samples at the time of diagnosis. The sample is then sent for genetic analysis, and then based on the mutations that are found, uh, the patient is allocated to one of several sub-studies. For example, um, there is a mutation uh, called IDH1, and for those patients um, that have IDH1 mutation, they will go on to receive a combination of um, chemotherapy and an IDH1 inhibitor. For those um, who have a mutation in P53, um, they will then go on to get uh, chemotherapy or hypomethylating um, therapy uh, with a uh, drug that has been shown to have activity in P53-mutated uh, AML. Uh, the name of the drug is entosplatinib. Um, and for those patients who don't have any targetable uh, mutations, they will go on to receive a combination of hypomethylating therapy and a CD33, a novel CD33 antibody for treatment. There is a population that um, may benefit from a standard type of induction treatment, and that would be the patient with a favorable cytogenetic and molecular um, panel. 
that patient would then be allocated to a standard induction kind of treatment with combination uh, chemotherapy uh, and uh, a targeted uh, agent as well. So this trial is um, very exciting for patients because it basically has something for everyone. So as these genomic investigations of AML have shown that several genes are recurrently mutating, leading to new genomic classifications, give us a little blueprint and some promising therapies that you see maybe in the next five or ten years happening. Yes. Um, So I think um, the drug entosplatinib, that seems to um, have a lot of activity uh, in patients with P53 mutation, which uh, we know that uh, that carries a very poor prognosis, um, I think that this drug is very likely to move forward um, in the future. Um, there's also, there have been uh, a few treatments uh, that have been FDA-approved recently. Um, the 10 to 15% of patients that uh, whose AML harbors an IDH1 mutation now can benefit uh, from a drug that is an IDH1 inhibitor uh, called AG120 or ivocidinib. Um, It was just recently FDA approved for the treatment of relapsed refractory AML with an IDH1 mutation. Uh, Now we are investigating it in a randomized clinical trial um, for patients with newly diagnosed AML. So i I'm very excited about this study. I think it will um, advance um, the treatment of older patients with AML. Uh, and we would also hope to combine this drug with, uh, for those older patients or for all patients uh, with AML who would be receiving induction chemotherapy. Uh, the phase trial that we have currently is for older patients who are not candidates for intensive induction. It uses a hypomethylating um, agent, a cytidine, uh, with or without um, AG120, the IDH1 inhibitor. The other agent um, that I think is very exciting is um, a BCL2 inhibitor uh, called Venetoclax. Um, this drug is already approved uh, for the treatment of CLL um, and other in myeloma. Um, and it has um, significant activity um, in AML. Uh, So I think this um, will likely be a very strong new player in the AML arena. So in summary, doctor, wrap it up for us. What you'd like other physicians to know about acute myeloid leukemia in the older population and when you feel it's important for them to refer? I think it's very important to keep in mind that even in the best case scenario, um, the older patient with AML um, is um, unlikely to be cured uh, with the kinds of standard treatments that are available. So I would encourage um, anyone that sees this patient for the first time to refer them uh, for clinical trials, um, as I think that is the only way that we're going to advance the field. It's great information. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise on this complicated and challenging topic. You're listening to Emory Healthcare Rounds. For more information on the latest advances in medicine, please visit emoryhealthcare.org slash referwinship. That's emoryhealthcare.org slash referwinship. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.